guys and welcome back to the Grown Folks podcast and welcome back to our mini-series uh, aptly entitled Black Owned. So as promised you get another episode and today we are talking black owned brands and I'm talking to a black content creator. So carrying on the theme um, and as I might have hinted towards a lot of the people I'm speaking to this week happen to be family but you know um business and giving back begins at home so (laughs) I am joined today by my sister who goes by the name Leonie Joyce on social media and she's going to be talking to us all about being um, a black female content creator and her experience building a social presence and a personal brand um, online. So I'll let Leonie introduce herself and then we'll get into our chat today. So welcome, Leonie. Thank you for having me in the dream. Yes. In the studios. <laughs> yeah. It's good to be here. <laughs> you know, we've got a great little setup here. Yeah. Um, very professional. Love it. <laughs> We're all dressed for the part. <laughs> stunning. <laughs> Thanks, doll. Um, why don't you tell the people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay, so my name, as my sister said, is Leonie Joyce, and I'm a content creator. So I make uh, videos on YouTube, post videos and imagery on Instagram, make a couple tweets that occasionally go viral. Yeah, cash. (laughs) Sunlight. Yeah, but you summed up perfectly. I'd just say I just enjoy creating content. And within that content, uh, as it says in my bio, spreading joy one post at a time. Love that. Love that. Um, Would you say that's your, like, tagline your like brand ethos yeah i'd say it's all of that all the above like tagline brand ethos my why Mm -hmm. um the main uh what is it treatment for all content like the main focus is what's going to be the most joyful thing how can i really push that okay i love that um which is interesting because i don't know that a lot of content creators that i know of anyway have like a a a real overall theme Mm. um like aside from like a a physical theme like Mm. you know a color scheme or like a vibe or that Mm. sort of thing but yours is quite clearly around joy Mm. and so would you say that all of the content you create has to check off that you know the smile test yeah Uh, (laughs) pretty much are people gonna smile from this are you smiling in this yeah yeah um Definitely, 100%. And there's times where, for example, certain videos, I will redo them because if anybody dances or has tried learning a dance, your natural face is not a smile. Let's be honest, <laughs> you're grimacing, trying to remember everything. Yeah. Um, so there'll be many times I have to go over it and redo it again um, in the imagery. Like That's why I like to jump because it's fun and it just naturally looks like I'm happy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm. I love that. Mm. So... So you would say that there's probably a lot of things that you need to do within a video that um, create joy for the end user. So it's not just a simple case of, okay, let me just film myself dancing and then, you know, pull that up. (laughs) Yeah. What are some of the other things that you have to think about when you're creating? Um, I'd say 100% the song Mm -hmm. plays a big part and it needs to be... Um, again a song that will spread joy or a song that I can put my stamp on and bring that out of it so Mm -hmm. if it's 
a romantic song you may see me dancing with other guys because who doesn't love love at yeah. the end of the day I yeah. mean I don't love these guys because that would be a lot of guys I love um, <laughs> well yeah there's a lot of love to go around <laughs> this is true <laughs> um but yeah even from down to the clothes that I choose to wear mm -hmm. and the way in which I edit it if it's imagery I've started I say started maybe a year ago now but implementing a lot more color mm -hmm. whereas before I wanted to go for a more bronzy look because that was in that was all the big bloggers that I followed were doing that so I thought that's what you need to do but I think color um what's the word just exudes happiness and joy yeah. I guess yeah. yeah so it's safe to say that you've really kind of found your space and you found your niche and I feel like from following you following you like <laughs> when you were born, I don't well, yeah, my literally all my life <laughs> um from you know seeing your like your your content evolve you've really found your formula mm -hmm. so talk to me a bit about the journey to finding your formula and when mm. I say your formula I mean the formula that has basically gotten your your videos um particularly on Instagram and Twitter up mm. to the million view mark mm. which is it's an incredible um, milestone and it's a huge number. Mm. But I think a lot of um, content creators who are, you know, still like in the process mm. can, uh, can uh, um, identify with the fact that it's actually really hard to get to the place yeah. where you know what the formula is. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say the first thing is being open to change just overall mm. and to keep evolving mm -hmm. um, so I guess I'll just talk through what I did and I guess that kind of explains out somewhat of a formula yeah so to start with I was just posting pictures for example on Instagram and then I started to look around and think okay there is a lot of people doing this um, and there are some people that can gain hundreds and thousands of views and that's just because as aesthetically how they look is at the top of what people are looking for. Right. And I just, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think I'm buff. Mm. But. <laughs> I had buff, buff, confirmed. <laughs> buff is confirmed. <laughs> yeah. But I had to be like, okay, if that's not me, what can I do to still gain an audience, gain traction? Um, how can I stand out from all the other people that are going to be following this blueprint as well? Okay. And when you say um, they have the other, those other people had mm. that look mm. that was going to get them mm. automatically loads of views. Yeah. Let's talk, like, what, what is that? Um, okay. It can just be blunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd say on social media, one of the key looks that tends to do really well for people is if they look like the Kim Kardashian look, basically. Mm. Mm. Or a lot of times, some... No, I'd keep it at the Kim Kardashian look because I would have thought lighter skin, yeah, yeah. you're going to do well. But there are some bloggers that are of lighter skin and they aren't doing as well. Mm -hmm. Because I guess now it is even more so saturated. Yeah. Um, but i say the main one would probably be that Kim Kardashian look. Yeah. So, yeah, um, there was a lot of people posing like that. A lot of people serving face. A lot of people that could do amazing makeup. Mm -hmm. And all those things I didn't really have. Mm -hmm. So I had to think, okay, what else can I bring to the table? And I guess the main person in my head was my mum, who would say, you know, you have a great smile. You're so happy. <laughs> yeah. But I, I started to hear other people saying it. But I think what would always play in my head is my mum said it. So I just thought that's all I ever heard saying it. So mm. I thought oh, I should just say that because she's my mum. But the more I started to pay attention to it, I thought, okay, maybe if I put this into pictures. Um, and so I did that. 
and people started to react well to it and when I was actively like trying to work that smile yeah I started to get messages and people saying I really like your pictures they make me happy mm-hmm. um, and at that point as I said I was going for a very like bronzy look professional that is the blogger way yeah um, and then when I went to I went on holiday to Miami and I thought I can't just make everything brown here <laughs> that would be it's very it's a very colorful <laughs> yeah country country, country? State. state state yeah it's a place lovely (laughs) (laughs) geography is not my strong (laughs) or mine um so i started to edit with more color and then i saw a spike again Mm. in uh interaction with my posts a big part of course was being in another country Mm -hmm. but even still when i came back and brought back the color Mm. as weird as that sounds (laughs) funny (laughs) um yeah how (laughs) how fitting yeah Yeah. (laughs) um Again, people were still um, engaging heavily. I was going to say fucking heavy with my <laughs> I mean, they were well, yeah, they heavy, were. then they, that's what they were doing. Um, and so I thought, okay, maybe I should use this whole colourful thing. I think I was afraid to use colour because I went for a period in my life where I dressed quite colourful and it was a very bad time. Yeah. She was on the other end of the extreme, <laughs> yeah. guys. But, I mean, that's what was in at the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... So there was that side. Another side, and I think we can always think of ideas and not execute them or know what's best for us and not do it. Mm. So I knew the whole time videos do well on yeah. Instagram. Yeah, I was seeing so many people that were doing dance, growing and growing. And I did dance. I would. That's how I started out doing dance videos on YouTube. But for some reason, I just wasn't doing it on Instagram. I think part of that may have been insecurity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt I wasn't as good as these other people. But I hadn't thought at that point, what can I do to bring my stamp to it here on Instagram? Mm. As I had thought with the pictures. So I was kind of steering clear of it. And then when TikTok has been coming up now, just before quarantine, I thought this would be a good way to get back into dance. Um, and some of the dancers that I really look up to were doing like dance classes on Instagram live so it was a way for me to learn in the comfort of my own home so that really just pushed me out into dance a lot more and TikTok and so my brain had gotten more creative again in terms of video and that's how the so it was the Beyonce I did a video to Beyonce Freakum Dress and that's the one that went viral mm-hmm. on Twitter um, and that's how that video came about it was just I was in that flow of being creative yeah and in that flow of just re not reinventing myself but reinventing my thought process yeah. and my process in general uh, and then I guess also so I said a big thing is being open to change and evolving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also uh, look at your analytics, like look at what is doing well. And I would always see videos do well. And I saw how well, just how well that Freakum Dress video did. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, this is something I should stick with, but try not to make everything just that. Yeah. Still make it slightly different, but stick to that formula. Okay. And what when you did the video, and I will link it below, mm-hmm. if, um, is it on Twitter? It's and on Instagram. Twitter. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so well, I'll link all Leone's socials, but mm-hmm. I will link the particular video in mm-hmm. question because it's worth looking at. What was the... Talk me through your thought process around saying, okay, so how did you get to the point where you had the finished product and it was like, you know, 
the outfits are changing it's mm. colorful mm. it's you know you in loads mm. of different frames mm. like where did the thinking behind that come about mm. i guess so another thing about me that a lot of people probably don't know i used to want to be a music video director mm-hmm. so i used to really enjoy watching music videos so with TikTok, a big thing that's going on is people are recreating things that have already happened or doing voiceovers and so on and so forth. So I thought, oh, I should recreate some music videos. And I thought of Beyonce Freakum Dress because there was already a Freakum Dress challenge, mm-hmm. but it was just people changing positions and they had makeup brushes. And I thought, what if they actually did the actual music video? And I thought, I love that music video. I got a lot of dresses (laughs) so I decided to do it and as someone that has worked as an editor just likes watching music videos I had I already had an idea of how it would work I knew it would take time Mm. um but I was willing to do it because I thought I thought the finished product would be good and people would enjoy it yeah I was not expecting that though Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) well I'll link the video below but like I think it was it was clear that you'd kind of, and even like um, our brothers say this as well, that you'd kind of snapped. And <laughs> like you'd, you hit that, um, it's like a, a creative like bubble where mm. you just, you just, you're just going up mm-hmm. from that point on. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like it, everyone could see that, right, this is something new, this is something fresh, but mm. it's still got your stamp on Mm-mm. it. Um, and it was pretty much only up from there. Mm. Let's talk about skills and, um, you know, some of the things that you've had to learn or software and all mm. of that kind of stuff to help you do what you do. Mm. So, again, as I said, wanted to be a music video director. Also just wanted to be an editor at one point as well. Mm -hmm. So video editing was something I always just enjoyed in my free time from the age maybe 15, 16. Mm -hmm. And it was something I was just always practicing and just doing like editing videos of me and my friends, my YouTube videos, trying out different things. Sometimes they did not snap. And so, and then learning different software. So I started out Windows Movie Maker, then went on to iMovie. And even that, I don't know if you remember, we had a cousin called uh, William. Shout out William if you're listening. (laughs) And I didn't have a Mac. No one in our immediate family had one, but I'd always say, can I use yours? So I'd travel up to where they live and wait for him to go to bed and then stay up. Yeah, and then stay up editing. And that's what I do now. So I guess I've been getting practice in that. And then later down the line, when I went to uni, they had Final Cut Pro because mm-hmm. I was studying film and video production. So again, outside of un- outside of lecture hours and whatever, I would edit my own videos there because okay. I didn't own a Mac. And then final year, I bought one secondhand off of my housemate, mm-hmm. which is the one I still use to this day now, actually. Yeah, God bless it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then after that, working as an, I, I worked as a video editor for five years, and they were using Premiere Pro, and okay. so that's how I learned to use that software as well. Okay. Um, and then in terms of, um, like, Instagram, Twitter, like, all of the social platforms... Mm. How much would you say your network um, and utilising them Mm. um, is instrumental in getting your videos, the views Mm. um, and the exposure and the reach Mm. that you want? 
Um, I would say it plays a very, very, very big part. Because to start with, I was like, YouTube, YouTube only, don't need anything else. Mm -hmm. Then I started to post on Instagram and really enjoyed it and started to grow there. Then I was like, okay, Instagram, YouTube, that's about it. I'll like a few tweets here and there. Mm -hmm. And it was seeing um, our brother who would always post his videos there. And I saw him gaining a lot of traction via Twitter as well. And then I can't remember if he told me or I just watched. But whenever he would make a post and it did quite well mm. or somewhat well, he would follow everybody that interacted with it and they would follow him back. Mm -hmm. Because there's this whole, you know, pride ratio, you want it to look good. Yeah. But on Twitter, I think it's, you can, you don't need to have that. Mm. So I posted like either a tweet or a video that did somewhat well. And I did the same thing. I followed everyone on there. So when I went to post my Beyonce freaking dress video a lot of people were retweeting it and then it got seen by even bigger people like Amber from Love Island mm -hmm. for example so yeah I'd say your network is very very important and there's people on Twitter now or black Twitter shall we say mm -hmm. that are very big within that community that I met ages ago and just built a connection with them just because like for me I think I've heard that saying or believed it for so long that I just naturally just want to connect with whoever because yeah. you never know when down the line they can help you. Let's talk about black Twitter. Funny mm. enough that you should mention that because I wanted to go into that next. So, yeah. um, so the, whenever we talk to people who don't use Twitter about <laughs> black Twitter, they always think it's a different app. Yeah. <laughs> so for anyone listening, it's the same Twitter app, yeah. but it's about the black community within mm. Twitter. Mm -hmm. So that's why we call it black Twitter. Mm. And um, a lot of people who start out on Twitter are like, oh, you know, Twitter, it's a bit boring. Yeah. It's not that I can't, I don't know who to follow. But, mm. um, and that was kind of my view. I was like, you know, my timeline is not that interesting. Mm. I think it only started to get good around the time of Love Island. Yes. When I started to follow a few like a black bloggers that mm. um, I found really, their coverage was really funny. Yeah. And that's when I discovered Black Twitter. Mm. Um, and then for you, I remember—I always remember you kind of saying, you know, if you kind of get in there with Black Twitter, mm. that it's the place to be mm. as a Black content mm, creator. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and you made it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's in there. She is a part of fully fledged member <laughs> of the club. Um, but like, talk, talk to me about your thoughts um, on black twitter and you know the black community on mm. social media do you think it differs across the different platforms like yeah. um yeah i think it does actually i think there's definitely much more of a community on twitter and mm. again as i said like even just the way i thought yeah i'll just follow whoever yeah. there's less pride there mm. like i have seen there are people that will follow you on twitter and yeah, on Instagram, you're getting no lookings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot more community. I was even thinking that it needs to be monetized in some way. Like, for example, you're speaking about some of the people's coverage on Love Island mm. will make people want to watch it. Yeah. And some people should be getting paid to tweet in yeah. the same way people get paid to post pictures. But I do think um, the monetization of Twitter is definitely coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as a community, from what I've seen, it's 50-50. They can be very uplifting, very supportive, mm. but they can also be very quick to tear someone down yeah. sometimes. And yeah. It can be dangerous because you can be up one minute and 
very down the next. Yeah. That you could be like everybody support this person one yeah. day and then everybody cancel, cancel the, <laughs> yeah. the next day. Yeah. And what do you think about um, cancel culture? Because mm. it, it's generally we see more of it on Twitter than we yeah. do on other social platforms. Mm-hmm. I think on Instagram people can get away with a lot or mm. they'll just get comments yeah whereas yeah, on yeah. twitter people are we've seen especially of late mm. um a lot of people being um you know dragged mm. basically because of colorism mm-hmm. or um you know past tweets being mm-hmm. dragged up like, mm-hmm. what, are your, what are your thoughts on all of that so i mean again within reason there's some people that should be cancelled like people that kill people people that rape all of that stuff cancel cancel yeah but my thing with people's past tweets getting brought up i truly believe you are not the same person you were now that you were maybe 10 years ago shall we say and if because i can only imagine i've looked back at like old maybe facebook statuses and i couldn't believe i wrote some of that stuff Mm. i've had conversations with friends who have made comments about certain communities which they are now now a part of. Mm. Um, so I, I, I'm not a fan of cancel culture at all because these people that want to cancel these other people, none of us are perfect mm. at all. So who are we to judge? Um, at the same time, I have that thought and then some people it will be, okay, they were just saying that last year as well, but, or a few months. Those people, <laughs> even still, I don't cancel them. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I just... put them on mute yeah instead of cancelling and deleting just put them on mute yeah yeah Yeah. i mean that's kind of what we do with certain r&b artists yes (laughs) whose names won't be mentioned but yeah i think you we yeah i like that we can Mm. we mute rather than cancel because Mm. people everybody has a a journey and Mm -hmm. has the learning to do Mm -hmm. um but let's talk more about instagram Mm. um what is the community like on instagram especially for black content creators um so i'd say like i don't know if i'm in a position of privilege but my experience has been quite positive Mm. because i've always taken into account okay there's been points where i've had very small following Mm. and people with the bigger following are interacting with me Mm -hmm. following me giving me a shout out Mm -hmm. and there is some what of community every now and then like some bloggers will do shout out sunday yeah and give shout outs to people um yeah so it can be good but at the same time there is there can be that is it elitist mentality yeah. and yeah. if you, only if you have a certain amount will i you know come and take a look at you yeah. and i think if i keep pushing and keep progressing i will start to notice that and see that maybe mm. because people want to only be associated with people you know. within their same category yeah so like the micro influencers yeah it's kind of five there's maybe there's like a under 5k club yeah a five to 10k club yeah a 10k to 20k club, yeah and then I don't just know. before like a hundred yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah okay but then i will say there's there's bloggers that i know that have like in the hundreds of thousands and they are always like nothing but very nice to me interact with me there's a blogger called Shantanya Beckford who mm-hmm. um a big part of like me starting to do quite well on YouTube was her collaborating with me continuously shouting me out randomly like just aligning me with her yeah and a lot of relationships I've been able to make have been because I attended an event with her and she was essentially co-signing me and they're like yeah. 
oh, Leone, she knows her? Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll speak to her. Yeah. So, yeah. And do you think that there is enough of that in the black content creator community? Um, I do think there could be more, mm. which is why um, I always try to do the same because I know how much I've benefited from it. Mm -hmm. So if anyone ever, like, messages me, asking me quite I mean I'm not going to take everyone everywhere I <laughs> yeah asking me a question I try to like give uh, an answer as best as I can whenever I'm invited to events I tend to invite people that I feel could gain from it and yeah. put them in front of people that it could help them but I definitely think more could be done yeah yeah let's talk about on that same kind of topic um access to information mm -hmm. or Mm. shall we say people's freedom mm. to give information mm -hmm. now there's been a lot of talk in why well, say in the media i only talk about social media because mm -hmm. i don't really watch mainstream yeah. news like that mm -hmm. that often but there's been a lot of talk about the pay gap mm. um i mean firstly age you know a few months ago there was a, fo a lot of focus on the gender pay gap and now there's a lot of conversation around the racial pay gap mm -hmm. um particularly among content creators mm -hmm. on social media mm -hmm. and it's a well-known or it's a well-documented fact now that black content creators are making a lot less than their white mm -hmm. uh, latino asian counterparts mm -hmm. um how has your experience been trying to access information about sponsorships mm -hmm. or paid um collaborations with brands mm -hmm. like, have you found that people are open to giving you yeah. information on you know what should you charge or stuff like that what's that been like uh it's been trash <laughs> like because i've never i've never wanted to outright ask how much are you earning mm. but i would always try and ask it in a, respe a respectful way yeah and whenever i've asked they've responded in a respectful way but more so to say i'm not gonna tell you yeah but i'm so happy for you that's <laughs> <laughs> so helpful and yet not helpful at all, at all. yeah so, uh, which is why um i've had to do a lot of like research on my own and there's quite a few youtube videos out there for example with youtube on how much to how to calculate what to charge and there's sites that can help you and you put your username in but i'm not sure how accurate those are and they still could be undercharging mm -hmm. i've had like one or two people give me upfront answers yeah but aside from that not really um which is why I'm also quite open, for example, if someone were to ask me, oh, did you get paid for this collaboration? And I'll tell them if I have or haven't. Yeah. And they ask me for the email address of the person I was in contact with, mm. I'll give it up freely. Even if I have a strong feeling that they would not do the same for me, mm. I'm a big believer in um, good karma will come back and maybe they'll see that and do the same for someone else because it was done for them. Yeah. I like that. So it's almost like, you know, you've got to pay it forward so that these brands can start paying it forward mm -hmm. to um, us black content creators. Yeah. Um, do you think that there is anything that the black community can do mm. um, to close the gap, to close that pay gap mm -hmm. um, and to make sure that we are seen on the same level as mm. content creators from other ethnicities mm. for example um i know in the last few weeks where there's been a lot of um a lot more widespread awareness of the black lives matter movement a lot of people on social media or 
black content creators who I follow mm. are saying that loads of brands are reaching out to them mm. to include them in their campaigns mm. because they've realised that they are not being diverse enough. Mm-hmm. In the same respect, I'm seeing a lot of these same content creators saying they don't want to work with the brands just because they know that they're reaching out mm-hmm. to them, mm-hmm. you know, almost as like a BR token. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So where's where's the where's the the middle point? Yeah, that, you know. Um, it's a tricky one. I would say, and I don't know if many people would agree with this, but if brands are reaching out and they haven't necessarily done anything problematic or that doesn't align with your core mm-hmm. values, um, I would say work with them because at the end of the day, we need to start somewhere. And if we're mm-hmm. like, it's not genuine, how are we going to know what's genuine and what's not if the person reaching out to you isn't even the person that's told you to re- told them to reach out to you. Yeah, they're not the owner of the brand, so it's like it's a long chain. You're not gonna know how genuine it is. So I would say, yeah, just work with them. We need to start somewhere, and the more of us that get in there, and then they'll see, okay, well, this has increased a spike in sales even more. Mm. Whether they want to or not, they're gonna wanna increase sales. So if that means paying more black people. It's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. Um, so that's my take on it. But even just touching on what you said, um, how black creators, content creators can help ourselves like get paid more, etc. There's that Instagram page called hashtag influencer pay gap or something like that. Mm. And people are listing their, um, their race, their following amount, how much they got paid for a campaign. Mm-hmm. And it's something good to look at um, just so when you're going into negotiations with brands, you know what to ask for. And that was something that helped me uh, starting out because I had never done a paid collaboration ever. Mm. And a brand came to me and they weren't even offering a paid collaboration, but I watched many, many YouTube videos on negotiation. And then I was able to have them become the main brand I work with on a monthly basis that I earn money off of. Okay, okay. So the information is out there, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's a little bit hard to come across. Yeah. Is what it's sounding like. Yeah. Um, but I think that now that you know this is a big topic, there will be a lot more transparency. Mm-hmm. One would hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess touching on Black Lives Matter, um, which, as we all know, as well as as Black people, we know it's not a trend. It's not mm. just a hashtag. Mm-hmm. It's a vehicle for the progression of our people. Mm. Um, it, you know, it's it's allowing other people to be educated on Black history and the mm. Black experience, mm-hmm. um, and you know, ultimately to to stop the senseless murdering and killing or discrimination and injustice mm-hmm. against Black people. Um, have you seen a difference? in your experience as a content creator pre um the recent surge mm-hmm. um, like after the, the george floyd killing mm-hmm. um and then yeah like what's what's your experience been before and after that um to be honest i haven't personally seen as much of a difference mm-hmm. but i have been noticing it for other content creators because mm. there's been a lot of like for example on instagram a lot of bloggers shouting out like black influencers to follow mm. and there's some people that have been posted quite a bit that they may have doubled in following or gained like some people have gained ten thousand followers mm. off of it so um there are people that are trying to broaden the amount of people that they follow yeah. that's great um, so that's great to hear mm. and you know i think a lot of people 
like you say, I've also seen a lot of people trying to diversify their feed, yeah, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, has it made you want to diversify your feed in any way? Um, I'd say no, mm-hmm. because I think my feed has always been quite diverse. So mm-hmm. starting out, I was just following, there was one Instagram blogger called Liza Koshi, who's also on YouTube, and I love the way she edited her pictures, very, again, that's where I got the bronze idea from. Mm. And then there was another girl called Kelsey Simone. Um, so Liza Koshi is half Indian, half white, mm-hmm. I think, I hope, and or Pakistani, but I think she's half Indian, mm. uh, half Asian, half white. Yeah. Um, Kelsey Simone, uh, another white blogger, who again, her feed was just very aesthetically pleasing. And so I started following a lot of other pages that were like that, so a lot of other white bloggers. And then I thought, okay, I want to keep creating this, but as me to complement my skin tone. So I had to do a lot of work, Mm -hmm. but found other black bloggers. And this was like two, three years ago. I think there's a bigger increase in bloggers that really take pride in their aesthetic on their Instagram. But Mm. back then there wasn't as many. So I had to do like quite a bit of research in finding them. And once you find one, you find a lot more. Mm. And then I follow a lot of dancers, and so they come in all different types of races. Mm. Um, I follow a lot of different YouTubers, so my feed already is quite diverse in terms because I have a lot of interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess what would you like to see following, you know, from what we can only say right now as the current level of support for mm. um, more diversity, more equality. Mm. Um, what would you like to see come out of that for you as a black content creator mm. and maybe for future generations? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say to see, to see ourselves represented a lot more in certain campaigns because it, it just became the norm to me, I guess, when I would see a press trip and be like, oh, okay, so that's the black girl. They chose to go on that trip. <laughs> yes, the chosen of, one. Yeah. The token Instead one. of, oh, that's the 50%. That was them. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, before this had happened, I was starting to see it a bit more. Mm. It wasn't like, you know, the percentages we would like. Yeah. But it was being done a lot more. And mm. I was hearing, like, I'd been at an event one time that I was invited to by another blogger who... Um, She's a white blogger, but she's very much all about like inclusivity. And she had been fighting the fight, as they'd mm. say, before this had happened. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't, what's the word, being performative yeah. when this was all going on. Yeah. But I heard a conversation about, and there's another blogger I met there, another white blogger. Um, and they were just talking about, she was like, I was on a shoot and um, there wasn't enough diversity. There was like, there wasn't a single black girl. And I was like, this is an issue. Yeah. And she said she left. Yeah, and that was re- I was like, wow, oh my god, mm. you stop your money for us. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. But it was really nice to hear. And again, this was before all of this was happening. And after that event, she was one of the bloggers that followed me, mm-hmm. and she has like maybe three hundred thousand. And at the point at that time, I had maybe six thousand. Mm-hmm. So I was, I mean, I had some followers, but I was a nobody in in, in, in comparison. Yeah. 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 Um, so more of that as well, more genuine allies. And it's going to be hard to know what's genuine because people are going to be thinking everybody is being performative because of what's happened. Yeah. But I like to just go by people's actions, take it as genuine. And if they prove you wrong later down the line, they do. Mm. You don't lose too much from it. So I think, yeah, 
that's what I'd like to. Yeah. And you know what, you're right. I think, you know, a, a lot of, there is a lot of this word being thrown around performative. Mm. And I think in some cases, yeah, it's true. Some brands don't really stand behind what they're seemingly doing on social media. Mm. However, I think we all have to fake it to make it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I think that mm. even though it might seem a bit disingenuous for all the, these brands to now, only now want to diversify, mm. they've got to start at some point, yeah. they've got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And once they start doing it more and realizing that, um, you know, black people are as much, you know, they've got as much consuming power as other people, mm -hmm maybe we'll see more of it and mm -hmm. maybe it will seem like it's coming from a more genuine let's all get mm -hmm. this money kind of place mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 100%. yeah um i guess um let's let yeah well let's let you plug yourself mm -hmm. and then um maybe talk to people a little bit about what your plan is for content mm -hmm. just so that they can know what's what's to come from mm -hmm. you so where can people find you mm -hmm. and what have you got coming up soon mm -hmm. So on all socials, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Again, I'm not sure. Apparently, it's been cancelled. Who knows? No. <laughs> yeah. um, so I have, to be fair, I haven't really posted on TikTok much. But yeah, it's Leonie Joyce, L-E-O-N-I-J-O-Y-C-E. -E. Um, yeah, you can find all videos, dance, fashion, joy, one post at a time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, coming up, just again, more videos. I feel like... I'm making up for lost time. I was talking about this earlier. Um, as I was saying, I worked as a video editor for five years, but it was the same thing day in, day out. And I really felt like my creativity was stumped. Mm -hmm. And as an editor, I didn't grow, which is why part of the reason I'm going so hard now, making up for lost time and just trying to grow more as an editor as well and as a dancer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, expect more dance videos, a few more collabs coming up and hopefully they just keep coming. Lovely. Um, and yeah, right now, again, I'm just, I like to just ride waves and see what I land on next. But right now we're sticking with nostalgia, music videos, fashion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you want some of that. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll have linked Leone's um, socials in the episode notes. So make sure you have a look there. Um, make sure you come back tomorrow for another episode. I will be back with my brothers again. <laughs> um, but we'll be talking about um, events um, okay. and starting an events business during uh, a global pandemic and a lockdown and mm -hmm. what they've learned and how they plan to, you know, switch up their strategy moving forward and then who knows who we've got on next because i've run out of siblings at this point <laughs> <laughs> um but um i'm gonna pull in a few more people um mm -hmm. call in a few more favors so thank you guys so much for listening please share this episode with mm -hmm. your friends um especially if they are uh, black content creators this could be very useful information for them mm -hmm. uh, make sure you go follow leone on all of her socials and let her know that you found her through the black owned mini series mm -hmm. and <laughs> thank you leone for thank coming you on for having me. and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on soon to talk about i don't know what topic it could be anything yeah adversity Facing adversity, yes. Overcoming adversity. overcoming adversity, yeah. Yep, I think when we get when I get back into the normal yeah, series, yeah, that's not really black. I Although think, adversity is black owned. I mean, 
don't we have a copyright on that folks um yeah we can definitely delve into some topics mm. so obviously you guys know that normally uh, i talk about you know three streams of topics so there's i know there's some like uh, mental health stuff we mm. can cover off of leone um there is definitely some like relationships and dating stuff mm. in fact i'm going to link the last episode that we did with her which is about online dating that's quite a cool one um and then yeah just let us know what we what you want her back on to talk about and we'll make it happen um but yeah i've been nadrine k this has been the grown folks podcast and we will see you very soon for another episode bye bye <laughs>